catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Once again, here's Ryan. All right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fix, live in the Prop Swap Studios on AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio. Thanks again to uh, to Kevin Messina there for jumping on with me, and be sure to listen to those guys every Saturday after our next guest, Johnny Mack, John McMullen, 10 to 11 on Extending the Play, and Brandit Radio, 11 to noon. John, I'm a couple minutes late for you tonight. I apologize, but how are you? Doing well. Um, I'll let it slide, Ryan. (laughs) Not that big of a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate it. Everyone gets one. Um, (laughs) So here we are, Friday night. Eagles are off. What, uh, What are some Eagles updates we need to get caught up to speed with, if anything? Well, I, I think, you know, now the players are off for the weekend, and that's their CBA-mandated time off. But I think the one positive today was uh, no additional uh, COVID-19 positives um, uh, after Marcus Epps tested uh, positive. So that part of it is, is good news. And obviously even Marcus, if everything goes correctly and he – remains asymptomatic, he, he won't even miss a game. So uh, the timing ha- has worked out on this thing. But, you know, we see it all over the league now. I think 15 teams maybe are in the so-called intensive protocol now. Um, and um, Eagles are, will be, you know, part of that group. Uh, uh, and we'll see how things shake out next week as they start ramping up for the New York Giants. But um, that's good news because obviously um, there could have been certainly people at least in close proximity. We talked a lot about the the 49ers, and they're in good shape for Sunday, Ryan, because everybody's cleared now. That's a bit of a joke. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know who's cleared. I mean, they had literally – Nobody. Um, but, John, we talked about this last night, just the overall COVID and how the NFL has handled things here so far. But I do just want to touch on this a little bit more, and then we'll transition to some other uh, items here. Andrew Brandt tweeted this out, and you retweeted it. He said, with last night's game as a guide, the NFL is intent on playing through. How are they, I mean, they're allowed to do, I guess, whatever they want, but like you said last night, I just feel like they're getting away with this right now because it's not at the top of everyone's list like it was maybe even a month ago. Uh, Are they going to be able to just play through, and what's your thoughts? Yeah, I I think they are. I mean, I've said that from the start as well. Uh, so Andrew and I have been on the same page there. I mean, they're going to play. They're going to play this season. They're going to finish this season. 
uh, and they're going to power through it. And, and this last example only uh, amped up those thoughts, only solidified those thoughts, because it proved that they don't care about anything uh, else. They don't care if you're uh, trotting out a glorified practice squad team. They don't care if you're, um, um, as the 49ers were, hamstrung by a false positive and you had a, a host of key players forced out of the game. They don't care. Um, and I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but the NFL has shown their hand. And it's, I, I've said, I've talked with you a lot about this. I mean, yeah, it, it's just about getting the TV rights fees, and they don't care about anything else. And they don't care about um, making sure that the playing field is even. They don't care uh, necessarily about uh, the actual health of the players. Yeah, but they can that money. Sure, and John, just to cut you off for a second, because I I always felt like the NFL was going to figure out a way to finish the season, but they rescheduled a couple games earlier in the year. So when I say playing through, there still is a a PR aspect of this. So they could have, maybe they couldn't, but I feel like they could have with last night's game say, you know what? Everyone quarantined for 48 hours will see a Saturday night. We'll see a Sunday night. We'll see a Monday night. Like, they just didn't even make an effort. They're like, eh, screw it. Yeah, four guys got COVID, but pat them on the rear. You're playing. Yeah, that's. I, I think that surprised a lot of people. That was my concern. You know, why can't you move this game to Monday night? Again, the, the fans are not an issue for, for the most part, and certainly – um, not in San Francisco at all, so Santa Clara. But, um, you know, they they couldn't be there anyway. So it, the, the logistics of moving games is not an issue uh, in the current environment. Um, so they certainly could have done that. They've done it before, as you mentioned, and they decided not to do it this time. I've been trying to get to the bottom of that because it doesn't make sense um, the only thing I, I can guess is they can't lose another Thursday night game uh, because, again, it, everything reverts back to television, and and there's only one game on Thursday night. So if you if you start, you know, you can move games off of Sunday because you have so many games. It's not going to affect your TV partners. If you move a game off Thursday, it affects your TV partner, uh, and they don't have that that vehicle, which will be essentially certainly um the number one rated television program on that night no matter who's playing Uh, that's just the way that industry is going so it's very important for fox uh when they start airing uh those games um i that's the only conclusion you can come to to be honest there's no other reason because they've shown the willingness to do it in, in prior instances and this time they said we can't do it and and again it's if the 49ers were playing on Sunday they'd be in good shape but they weren't they were playing on Thursday um, and it was and and what makes it worse and I remember we talked about this back in the preseason with Matthew Stafford makes it worse it's confirmed today that was a false positive all of this was from a false positive of course 
and, and we'll get to that in a second. Follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen. He writes for phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at si.com. And there was only really one thing missing with the Carson Wentz talk and narrative. And, John, Donovan. it was number five. Number five will always love you. And this is all we needed. Yeah, uh, it, Donovan's done it in the past. And, you know, I, I think he gets a lot of criticism. But he is an analyst, and he's not what he once was. But, I mean, he was on uh, Zach Gell's show. Uh, he's a friend of mine. And, and, you know, he's asked a question. It's not like he's coming out. I think people get this instance that he's just blurting out and saying these things about Carson Wentz, you know, whether it's what he did this week or in the past. I mean, these are questions he's being asked. So just like you asked me a question, and he answers it. And I, I think if you saw what Donovan said, essentially spot on. So I, I don't know if anyone can criticize him for this. I'm sure people have because they don't like him they don't like his personality we all know that we're dynamic even though he's so successful here uh but everything he said about carson wentz was uh right on target i mean um he's forcing things he's pressing um obviously he's trying to be a little bit too perfect uh and he also mentioned the issues in the offensive line and the issues at receiver. And that's part of the reason why he's been pressing. And and I've said the exact same thing. And, and I, I don't understand, I guess, you know, he seemed to overcome that hurdle in December of last season when he had similar issues uh, and, and even worse issues, certainly when it came to the skill position players. I mean, if you go back to December – when they made their playoff run, it was Boston Scott, it was um, Greg Ward, it was Josh Perkins, it was Deontay Burnett. I mean, it was worse than it is now, by a large margin, I would argue. Uh, and it's not great now, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but it was worse then. And part of it was, they were in the NFC East at the time, so the schedule was poor. So that's part of it. And they've you know, over over the past two weeks, what have they done? They beat the Giants, even though it was ugly. They beat the Cowboys, even though it was ugly. They're in the division. They're winning games again. So I guess you can argue it's the same. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think the 15 turnovers are what everyone is harping on. And, and I think that's something you should harp on because certainly from the interception standpoint, Carson has a history of fumbling. That's been pretty consistent uh, from the day he's got here. But the interception part of it, I, I mean, he's at a career high, and we're exactly at the midpoint of the season. Strange. Yeah, and, you know, we're at the midpoint, like you mentioned, John. So I want to ask you just a few prediction questions since we're you know halfway through. Uh, and some other things like that, both with the Eagles and with the NFL. Overall, for the entire league, what's been what's been the story? What's been the biggest story in your mind, John? And it can have any angle or reasoning behind it. Well, I, I, I think there's two. I mean, obviously, COVID-19 is the biggest story. Just 
the, the whole frame of the season is by far so much bigger than anything else. But I'm, let's be honest, I think we're all sick of talking about that. But once you get past that and just talk about the on-field stuff, I, I got to tell you, I, I mean, Kansas City to me is still the best team in football, but Pittsburgh – uh, you know, there's a lot of people, and I said, I, I was one who said they're going to be a playoff team because they were almost a playoff team last season, um, you know, with with Mason Rudolph and, and Duck Hodges uh, and Ben Roethlisberger was coming back. But there were a lot of people who said, you know what, Ben's aging. Uh, he's coming off significant surgery. Um, that's very difficult for a quarterback. And a lot of people said they're not even going to be a playoff team. And obviously we stand here and they're the only undefeated team uh, in the NFL. Ultimately, I don't even think they're as good as Baltimore and their division, even though they beat them. I think from a talent perspective, the Ravens are better. Uh, And as I said, the Chiefs are are a better football team. But you got to give Ben a lot of credit and you got to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. I mean, that team is back and it, it you know even though i say there are other teams that are more talented certainly wouldn't surprise me if they won another super bowl i think they're the most under talked about team and story right now you know they have like seven first rounders on defense tj watt is defensive player of the year big ben mike tomlin claypool the weapons they have undefeated they look really good right now. I don't know who's going to be able to beat them, honestly. They're just well-rounded. Um, John, who has the most pressure on them entering the second half of the season? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, it, it, it depends, uh, you know, what you're looking at. There's a lot of teams that have pressure for being bad, uh, and, and certainly that starts with coaches, and I think it would start with the New York Jets. Uh, but for for a team that's expected uh, to do well, probably the other team in the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens, because I, I think a lot of people looked at that team and said they were arguably the most talented team last season, and, and Lamar Jackson had another poor performance in the playoffs after the MVP season. And uh, a lot of people pegged him as the Super Bowl favorites this season. Uh, they're a very good team, um, but as I mentioned, uh, already lost to Pittsburgh, uh, already have two losses. You know, they're still in very good shape. They're certainly going to be a playoff team. Um, there's no issues with that, but I think there's pressure on that team uh, to be a significant Super Bowl contender. And Once they get to the playoffs, if Lamar Jackson has another poor performance in the playoffs, there's going to be some really real heat on that team. What do you think is going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? I I, I don't think there are already. It's amazing coming off the Super Bowl um, because you're in the Super Bowl. Uh, you would think, um, and 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 they lost it in in kind of a heartbreaking fashion because they were playing very well obviously early in that game and Kyle Shanahan had already had the history in Atlanta as a coordinator blowing a big Super Bowl lead. Um, 
they were so close. Um, but I think, you know, when you looked at that team and you looked at, you talk about talent, you talk about Baltimore, they were clearly the most talented team in the NFC last season. And I think people looked at, you know, Nick Bosa and their defensive line and kind of realized, you know, Jimmy was just along for the ride. And there was talk that, there's been talk that Kyle Shanahan wants to reunite with Kirk Cousins since Washington. Um, and now he's kind of on the outs in Minnesota. They would love to get rid of that contract. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is long-term going to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I will say that. I, I just don't think they think um, he's a star quarterback, and I think they're looking for an upgrade. How that upgrade comes, I don't know. Uh, as I said, if, if Kyle's that interested – um, but that's a lot of money to pay Kirk Cousins. He's got a lot of issues. But I, I'll tell you, one thing Cousins can do is that play-action game, and that's what Kyle does so well, and that's why everyone has speculated that because those two together, there would be some fireworks. And if you put it with a good defense and, you know, Bosa will be back and then the injuries will be cleared up in theory, um, that could be a direction they go. But I will say they don't believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't. No, it's clear they don't. I mean, he passed, what, eight times in a playoff game, I think, two years ago? Or, or was it last year? Yeah, it was last season. Right. It was last season. If you go to the divisional round, um, they beat Minnesota in the divisional round, so they beat Kirk Cousins. But if you go back to that game – it was an Eric Hendricks interception, I think, in the second quarter, and they just didn't throw it again. I mean, they just ran the ball down the Vikings' throat, and they wouldn't let Jimmy throw it. And they did the same thing against Green Bay. They ran it down their throat, uh, and they're a great run team. Um, and Kyle has um, some great run concepts, probably the best in the NFL at that as well. Um, so they have everything but. Uh, the quarterback. I think that's how they look at it. Now, it's not going to work out this year because of the injuries uh, and all that kind of stuff, but as you rerun it back and, and project to next year, if we have a normal season, uh, I think they think quarterback is one of their biggest issues, and it's pretty evident by the way they played in the playoffs last season. That's uh, They have a concern there. Tampa Bay Seattle, Baltimore, and Green Bay. Which team right now, in your mind, is the most equipped to go on a Super Bowl run and win the Super Bowl? Well, I had uh, Tampa Bay going to the Super Bowl in the preseason, so I I don't see, uh, you know, you go back and forth, and I talked about Green Bay and, and how not having fans on the road has helped them because of Rodgers' ability to handle things at the line of scrimmage. Um, that's been a big advantage for them. He's playing at an MVP level. Um, Russell's playing at an MVP level with Seattle. Um, but they have a bad defense, which is kind of a, a, a 180 for them. They essentially lead the NFL in, in yards per play offensively, and their defense stinks. And if you think about Seattle in the past, it was Legion of Boom and 
Russell Wilson with a bad offensive line creating magic. So that's kind of shifted. Um, I, I just think, you know, and it's interesting because I was thinking about this on Thursday night, and we just talked about Kyle Shanahan. And if you ask people around the NFL, who's the best play caller in this league? And the answer should be Andy Reid. But you're not going to get down too far on the list before people say Kyle Shanahan. And you see, you know, if you don't have talent, it doesn't look that good. And so that's one of the things uh, I bring that up for the Eagles and Doug Peterson. I mean, if you don't have talent, it doesn't look good. Uh, and, and the biggest example of that is obviously New England and Bill Belichick, who is the greatest, greatest coach in NFL history. Well, we've been through two decades uh, of consistent Super Bowl contender for the New England Patriots. Now they stink. What's different? Tom Brady. Where's Tom Brady? I don't care if he's 43 years old. I mean, this league has made it easy for older quarterbacks to play because you can't hit them. Uh, You can't intimidate them. Um, And and that's why you see the success of Drew Brees. That's why you see the success of Aaron Rodgers now that he's uh, getting uh, up there at 37. He's going to be, I think, 37 in December. Uh, I mean, look at Tampa. Look at where they've been, and look at them now. It's amazing. The quarterback. Yeah. I mean, and, and all the intangibles, obviously, of, of what yeah. someone of Brady's caliber uh, brings. And I feel like that's what Andy Reid's been doing with Mahomes over the past three weeks, he hasn't had over 30 pass attempts. He's had 30 or less. The league average is 35. And Andy's saying, all right, if you want to give us the run, we'll take it. And I'll let I'll let Pat Mahomes chill out. Yeah, and, and I think Andy has the luxury of sort of uh, getting things ready uh, for the playoff run because they're such a good football team. And obviously they're going to, uh, try to integrate Le'Veon Bell as they move forward, and I think they will. <laughs> You're going to see a vast difference uh, with Le'Veon Bell with the Jets versus the Chiefs. So if you can get that running attack, um, boy, with Kansas City, with any kind of consistency, I mean, they're going to be tough to stop. Uh, that 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 could change things dramatically. Uh, and I still think they're the Super Bowl favorites because they are so difficult to stop. What are you uh, getting into tomorrow on extending the play? Who are you going to have on? Uh, well, we're, it's the bye week edition, everywhere, uh, obviously. So we're going to kind of look back at, at the first half of the season and then look forward at the second half and, and kind of figure out what the ceiling for this team is and what the floor is uh, for this particular team uh, and break down. Um, some of the position groups and uh, who's maybe exceeded expectations uh, more so than uh, <laughs> going the other direction because I think we've talked about that so much and starts with Carson Wentz. But uh, it's going to be Nick Fierro from the Allentown Morning Call. So, you know, that's a guy who has been there uh, along with me for every single day, essentially, of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. So, you know, there's not 
not many people are more than Nick that have seen Carson up close and can kind of break him down to that level. Extending the play, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Keep it locked in, a.m. 1490 tomorrow morning. For John McMullen, SI.com, PhillyVoice.com, at JF McMullen on Twitter. John, we have about 30 seconds, but what's one game you're looking forward to watch tomorrow for college football? Well, I think it's got to be Clemson-Notre Dame, and it's mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting because obviously Trevor Lawrence can't play, So, uh, but this has an opportunity to be uh, two of the playoff teams if we even get to that position because <laughs> college football is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, anytime – Ten seconds, John. Look, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Notre Dame has a chance. Trevor is there. They might beat him, and people are going to overreach because they might beat him. And it's not going to be yep. indicative of what, of what you might see in the college football playoff. Radio. Listen online at 1490sportsbettingradio.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.